And good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Chalk Talk. I am your host, Kim Davis. Today is Tuesday, March the 28th. It is the last Tuesday of this month. And what a busy week this is. I'm super excited about today's show. Of course, I'm always excited about being here with you on Chalk Talk. But this week, we're leading into the final four. We've got a special guest joining us, Coach Alvin Brooks, the head coach at Lamar University. He's going to be joining us to talk about all things college basketball, the NCAA tournament, his thoughts about the final four, um, and his thoughts really about the overall state of college basketball. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Plus, opening day is Thursday. The Houston Astros will kick off their season on Thursday at home with a series against the Chicago White Sox. We, of course, will be there covering that game, but we're going to talk about the fact that the Houston Astros are opening up their season. Listen, Dusty Baker, the manager, the Dusty, Mr. Baker, last year he said, listen, I if you get one, I want to get two. So they're approaching this season like, let's go out and get another championship, right? Not saying it will be easy, but that's the focus, that's the goal. And there's a little bit of concern. We'll talk about that coming up on today's show as well. So much to talk about, and we're going to talk about it right here on Chalk Talk. But first, as always, we got to give a shout out to the people who help us make this show possible. This month, we are being sponsored still by the World Youth Foundation in partnership with the African American Male Wellness Agency, right? The African American Male Wellness Walk is coming up April the 15th in Houston. If you have not um, gotten the information, gotten your team together, you can do that. The information is in the chat, but here is where you get information about the walk, okay? Go to the website, African American Male, African AAWellness.org-O-Houston. Go there, get information, sign up if you want to have a team. It's free to participate. Come out and walk, but most importantly, come out with your entire family and get those very necessary health screenings. You're going to hear more about it over these next few weeks. We've been talking about it here on Chalk Talk for months, but the time is drawing near. Make your plans to walk with us on April the 15th at Texas Southern University and be sure to bring some people with you so that they can get those also important health screenings. And speaking of what's important and with your health, we've got to talk about our good friends over at ilovejinka.com. Turmeric paste, what is turmeric? It is all about reducing inflammation. Inflammation is a root of so many of our illnesses and ailments. You got achy pains and joints, your cholesterol is high, you, your A1C levels are high. Your blood pressure is high. You need some Jinka in your life. It's a, it really is a natural product with eight roots and herbs. If you are in the Houston area and shortly in about another month and a half, you're going to be able to get it in other parts of Texas. But right now, if you are in the Houston area, um, Lake Jackson, Beaumont, you can get it in HEB. And this is where you find it when you go on HEB in the healthy living section. Here at HEB, in the Healthy Living Department, the probiotics, you can find Jenka seven days a week. Yeah. Look at that Jenka sale. Look at that Jenka. And of course, there are Kimmy treats, right? If you are in Houston, you can get your Kimmy treats. You can get them in person at Sunshine's Vegan Deli on Old Spanish Trail, not far from the medical center. Body Butter is back in stock. The Kimmy Bars are back in stock. More popcorn will be in stock later today. So you can get it all if you're in Houston right there at Sunshine's. If you're not, don't worry. Go to the website, KimmyTreats.com and place your order today. You will not be, you will not be disappointed. Get your Kimmy Treats so you'll have it ready for the weekend because there's a lot happening. There's baseball. There's the NCAA Final A, men's and women's. Now, the men's tournament is here in Houston. The women are playing up north in Dallas. But you need your Kimmy treats so you can have a good time. And here are some of the choices. Mm -hmm. 
So as I mentioned, the final four is headed to Houston, right? It's going to be a crazy busy weekend in the city. Astros opening day on Thursday night. Um, they, the ring ceremony on Friday night for the Astros. Game two of their series with the Chicago White Sox. The final four games, one, the semifinal games are Saturday at NRG Stadium here in Houston. On Sunday, there's the HBCU All-Star Game at Texas Southern University. On Monday is the NCAA Championship Game. Ah, there's a lot going on. And on Friday night, the Houston Rockets are back at home to play the Detroit Pistons. And I mention the Rockets because their season is winding down. Only a few more games for this Rockets team. I'm going to let you hear a little bit from Steven Silas, head coach Steven Silas, about last night's loss. Actually, we'll start there with the Rockets. They lost on the road to the Knicks. And Coach Silas says the thing that really disappointed him was the effort or lack of on defense. Let me uh, let you hear from head coach Steven Silas. Yeah, the, the defensive part just wasn't a priority. We needed to do better, try harder. Disappointing. Was that because of the way that things started offensively or just a mindset at this stage of the road trip or what happened? Um, I don't really know. You know, it's it was the way the game started for sure. But then um, just the pressure that we were – that quickly was putting on us and the pressure that Randall was putting on us. And it was hard for us to, uh, to handle that. So like the first energy had really great, the first half had really great energy, especially the beginning of the second one for back to back. Yeah. Like that energy wasn't there in the second half. It did wane in the second half for sure. I could see guys retired. I could see it in their body language, but that's the NBA. And, um, you know, we, we were, hyped up at the beginning of the game and flying around and, and doing some really good stuff. And then maybe it did cut the back-to-back to -back did catch up to us. That was head coach Steven Silas. After last night's loss to the New York Knicks, this season is winding down. Um, and as he said, it's the NBA. Um, <laughs> Joe is funny. Joe said at this point, just record your post game and hit play after each game. I know it's tough, man. They've got to finish the season out. They've got to finish the season. And um, they're almost there, right? They have Thursday night, I mean, Friday night at home against the Pistons. Um, let me just tell you the schedule for the remaining season because their season will end shortly. They're home on, they have like three more home games. Let's see what we have here, Joe McGinty. All right, here is the remaining schedule. They play they're at they play at Brooklyn tomorrow night. They they had they they're kind of on a, a little bit of a grind of a road trip. They had a game um Sunday and Monday night. They're off today. They play tomorrow night at Brooklyn. Then they play Detroit on Friday night. Um here. They play the Lakers on Saturday. Saturday? Wait, let me go back. They play the Lakers on Sunday. That's right. They play the Lakers at home on Sunday. And then they play Denver at home on the 4th. That's their last game in Houston. And they finish the season on the road at Charlotte and at Washington. So they have two, five, six games left in this NBA season. They just got to get through it, Joe. They just got to get through it. That's what's happening with the Houston Rockets. Now, of course, the biggest story in Houston, other than the fact that opening day is Thursday, it's really the final four. The final four, they've been preparing for this event to host it in Houston for years. And this is the weekend that is happening. Now, of course, Many people were hoping to see the University of Houston Cougars. You wanted the hometown team to make it to the Final Four. And if not the Houston Cougars, then definitely the Texas Longhorns, right? Because it's a Texas team and you, you hope to have some Texas, somebody from Texas in the Final Four that's being played right here in Houston at NRG Stadium. Well, the Cougars lost to Miami in the Sweet 16. In fact, 
I thought that game would be challenging for them. I did not think they'd get really kind of run out of the gym. I mean, Miami was just so on, right? They were, they, they just, they looked pretty amazing. Well, then Miami advanced to the Elite Eight and they faced the University of Texas Longhorns and the Longhorns just couldn't get it done. You know, they didn't shoot a lot of threes. You say, well, why wasn't Miami shooting the threes? Well, Texas defended the three much better, right? So they didn't get a lot of threes off in that game. They went to the line. So when they didn't get the threes, they made the adjustment and went inside. And they they were they were great from the free throw line. But they're just, they're problematic. I mean, that that University of Miami basketball team is pretty good. So listen, we had a chance to talk with, um, Miami coach, Coach Jim uh, Laranaga on yesterday. And so I asked him about the final four, right? So you've got uh, Florida Atlantic. Um, you've got teams that, let me pull this up. This is really interesting. They talk about blue bloods and not really having any, which I don't know if you would say that <clears throat> because UConn is there. So you've got Florida Atlantic, a nine seed playing San Diego State, a five seed. And on the other side, that's the early game. And on the other side, you've got Miami of Florida, a five seed, playing UConn, a four seed. You'd probably call UConn a, um, a blue butt. They have been there before, and they have won it. Those teams with Jim Calhoun were pretty good. But I asked Coach about the fact that these are teams that aren't typically in the Final Four. Is this good for college basketball and your thoughts about what this means for the game. And here is what he had to say. About what it means for college basketball. There's been so much chatter about the fact that no number ones have made it to the Final Four. Is this good for the game? What are your thoughts about that, that there are different teams making it? Uh, first of all, I'd say this Final Four demonstrates the parity in college basketball right now. I, I think it, it also demonstrates the impact that the transfer portal has had on college basketball because the transfer portal allows a team to get older very quickly. And so almost everybody in our league has a terrific transfer student. Last year, only nine schools in the country, and we were one of them, did not have anybody transfer out. That, that means, what is it, uh, 356 or seven, Schools had people transfer out. Well, where are they all going? Well, they're all looking someplace where the grass is greener. And so they, they have found it in, in programs that they assimilate to and, and fit in well and uh, have a, a significant role. Oh, but is it good for the game? You know, I, I don't think we'd want this to happen every year because I think some of the the biggest reason people follow college basketball is they feel like they know the programs, not just the individuals. They follow the program, get to know the individuals. But last year you had Duke, Carolina, Villanova, Kansas. So I would imagine that's what TV would want. The Blue Bloods, the best programs in the history. But what you're finding with the parity in college basketball is that anybody can get there with the right combination of players. You don't have to have the biggest team. I mean, you look at us in Texas and Houston in our bracket, uh, tallest starter was like six, seven, or eight. So he said, which I thought was really interesting, it's, it, you can point to the parity in college basketball, and he talked about the transfer portal. Last year, only nine schools in the country did not have anyone transfer, and Miami was one of them. Out of what, 324, whatever the number he said was, um, only nine schools didn't have a player transfer. That's a big deal. You're seeing the impact of it. It allows teams to get older fast. And so it's really interesting um, how this transfer portal is impacting the game. And here's the other thing. Coach is uh, the only coach with Final Four experience. He's been there before as an assistant and as a head coach. Um, I'm looking at some of the predictions. There's so many online. Everybody's picking UConn over Miami, right? There's not really anybody. Most people are picking UConn to win it all. UConn's good. Um, 
but that Miami team, I guess because I've seen them a few times, they look really good. But <clears throat> the thought is it's going to be um, UConn winning over Miami. And it's kind of split about FAU, Florida Atlantic, and San Diego State in terms of who's going to win that game. I tell you what, it will be interesting. I am pretty sure the, the organizers of the Final Four um, – the local organizing committee would probably like to see some uh, some some teams with a bigger with bigger name recognition and bigger uh, fans that travel because that's what you want. You're thinking about the economic impact of the game, and and so you want the schools involved that are going to bring the most energy, the most excitement, the most people to town, spend the most money, so that the city really benefits from all the work they've done in in terms of bringing this game to Houston. Competition's good. They're, I'm sure they're excited about that, but let's be clear. This is big, big business, and the city of Houston has had to prepare and spend some money to be able to host this event, as every city does when they host these major sporting events. So um, I'm sure when they were talking about it, it they, you know, Florida, a Florida Atlantic, San Diego State semifinal game was not really on the radar in a Miami and a UConn game. But this is what you have. I think they're going to be some great games. I'm excited about that Miami and the the UConn game. I get why the Huskies are the favorites, but I'm going for Miami. Like, I just want to see them in, a, in an upset. That backcourt is super, super exciting. And um, we're going to have our uh, Coach Brooks talk to us about some of that. But everybody's picking UConn. So let me know who you're picking. You can drop it in the chat. Uh, we're going to go out now and talk to, he used to be one of our experts, but he's so busy now, we can't get him very much. I'm just glad he's joining us today. Uh, welcome back to Chalk Talk, Lamar University men's basketball head coach, Alvin Brooks. I see you with your little logo stuff on, Coach. Good morning. Thank you for being on Chalk Talk. Good morning, Miss Kim. How are you? I'm uh... I've got my logo stuff on. I'm representing and, you know, I'm working actually and recruiting and I'm actually um, uh, out of state uh, and I'm doing a little work. I'm in the portal trying to get some players. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> so you, I took a you little, were on. I, <laughs> I, took a, I took a much needed break um, uh, just to talk with you, talk a little hoops and a little bit of everything you want to talk about sports wise. And Man, thanks for having me on. I talked to you in a long time. So before we start, before we talk at all about the 504, I want to talk about what's happening with your program at Lamar. How's recruiting going? You just finished your second season, right? Just finished my second your season, second... yes. Uh, right. How's it going? It's going good. You know, we improved this year. We didn't wasn't as good as we would like to have been, but uh, we were much better than last year. Uh, and in many ways, the second year that I just finished was like my first because – we brought in 10 new players um, from after after the uh, first season, uh, you know, the guys I inherited. And then the next year we brought in 10 between the spring and the summer. Um, and then we lost three young guys, uh, maybe two. Uh, one may be coming back to the portal as, you know, it's a state of college basketball now. This is about like close to 1,700 guys in the portal. Uh, as of now, and it's not even been open but a few weeks. So, you know, we, we're better. We got nine returning players, um, so this will be the first time we have returning guys. Um, we're trying to find the things that we need, specific skill set and positions in the portal. Us uh, be trying to get older, a little more experienced, uh, and, a little, uh, and do it a little faster. Um, college basketball is unique now in that <clears throat> I think I looked at uh, of all the elite eight starters in college basketball. Um, there were like, I think, 19 transfers, 16 seniors, only one true freshman of all the starters of the Elite Eight basketball teams. And I think the average age is about 22 or 23 years of age. The COVID year and the portal and the fact that the NCAA changed where they allow student athletes to transfer and be eligible immediately now uh, has really changed things. The NIL opportunities and i think um that's i think it's great that uh student athletes are able to get paid now i love that uh but in essence we have total free agency 
I mean, he, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's rare that you can uh, do something and not, and you know, you know, I don't have to adhere to a contract at all, but it's total free agency. So um, it's uh, between division one, division two, II, division three. Um, it's, it's a lot of changes. So <clears throat> spring recruiting over the 40 years I've done it has changed a lot, but now, it's really different, you know. Um, I it's for the first time in my career, I'm actually, you know, I would always look for young high school kids that could have, you know, develop. And mm-hmm. so this is the first spring that, you know, I've kind of like shied away from the high school kids because, you know, we, it's a different game. You know, I I, I took quite a few of them last year, I took about six last year, and, um, you know, the way the game is now, if you if you know if you have your freshmen and and sometimes if they put, play too well early on then you you probably lose them um and so they, you don't have an advantage where you can develop them like you like to so wow. you know that's changed but i i'm we're adjusting i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it so um anyway our program is doing good uh we got a new administration um that kind of came in right after me and they've been great very supportive and so um we got a lot of good things going back, going on. So um, I'm excited about, you know, where we're headed and where we are right now. So you, you, you brought up an interesting point, a so, few interesting um, points. I can't. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, so okay. I was going to tell you, I had an interview. Well, we were able to talk to uh, Coach Larinara on Monday, or yesterday from Miami. And I asked him about, is this good for basketball? Like the, the four teams headed to the final four. It's not typically, there's no Duke, there's no North Carolina, you know, and he said, well, you know, it's, it's, it's the state of basketball. A lot of it has to do with the parody of college basketball. He talked about the transfer portals and he said this, I wrote it down. He said only nine schools in the country didn't have anyone transfer last year and they were one of them. So when you have that kind of movement, he didn't say free agency, but I love the way you phrase that. It's free agency between the portal and the NIL. Uh, I imagine he said it allows teams to get older a lot quicker. And then in a nutshell, that's that's some of what you're what you're seeing. Is that good for college basketball? Um, you know, it's gonna have to be, huh? Because <laughs> that's what we're <laughs> at now. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's this 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 is this is kind of just this is all new to us and we're just getting started um i mean we're we're adjusting all of us um that are, that are in the game are adjusting you know my oldest son coaches at baylor as you know that and he's a college coaching veteran now and you know he and i talk about it all the time just kind of keep us he's a younger version of me but um he's adjusting to the way things are going but um so i think kind of the consensus is is that you have to be fluid in how you put your roster together in the days of taking a guy as a youngster, as an 18 year old, 90 year old, and maybe redshirting him or developing him, bringing him along slowly and letting him go on through the growth process. Um, those days are probably over, you know, um, uh, guys nowadays, um, you know, looking for immediate dividends and that's really not, <clears throat> that's not real life, you know, but, but that's kind of what um, what we're looking at right now. And so I think some of our fans, you know, we're talking about, I've heard fans talk about, you know, I, I'd like to kind of get to know the players and like they used to back in the day. And I'd like to see uh, guys, you know, stay with a program for a while and follow them. And um, and I, I think those those days are probably over. You know, it's kind of almost more like, like junior college basketball. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure that the NBA – <clears throat> well, the NBA is not quite like that, you know, because guys have to adhere to contracts they sign and, you know, they just can't leave at the end of the year. Not every year. You know, they have to three-year deals, four-year deals, they'll have to be traded. So, Unless you're a superstar. Um, you know, in our case, um, you know, now now, so, now I'm kind of you breaking up, Kim, a little bit, so I'm not sure if I'm in a bad area or you, but I think that um, – uh, get bear with me for a second. I'm gonna try to move where it's a little. I can get a little bit. Okay. Better. Um, oh, can you hear me better now? Okay, yeah, that's better. Yep, I can hear you. Okay. Is that better? 
Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move around a little bit. I was kind of losing, lost you a few times. You asked me a few questions and. Well, I, I asked you, if you I yeah, I asked you if you thought it was good for college basketball, and you said it's going to have to be. It's kind of where we are now. And well, I, I don't, I don't. To be honest with you, I, I don't think it's great for college basketball. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't. I really don't. I think, um, I think guys, um, you know, at the end of the day, I like the opportunities for guys to mm -hmm. uh, make money off their name, image, likeness. I think that was much needed. Uh, I think that's good because uh, everybody's making money. Uh, universities are making money. Coaches are making money. Uh, the NCAA is making money. Uh, so I, I think that was much needed. I just think maybe need to need to be tweaked in a way to where, uh, you know, that's more stability uh, within the product. You know, that's that's kind of what I, I like to see. And then, you know, as as you know, and everybody knows, it's, you know, it's kind of kind of real life. You know, sometimes things don't go well. And you kind of have to see it through. And so um, I think um, maybe the rule that's now being implemented that we just got a directive on last week was <clears throat> if a if a now it's called a, a four 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 transfer, which basically means like if you transfer from a four year school to a four year school, yells would play right away. But if you wow. transfer again for the for a second time, like now you 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 won't receive a waiver or, or you can't put it put a, file an appeal where you'll be eligible to play, which is that's been granted quite often here lately. So I think that's going to probably that's that's changing. That's came from the NCAA last week uh, from our compliance director uh, and every compliance director around the uh, around the country has given uh, coaches um, in every sport that directive that now if you take a, if a kid starts at a four-year school even if he goes to a junior college and he transfers to another four-year school he's eligible right away but then if he wants to transfer again as his third four-year school now he's going to have to sit a year and um, if that happens and they don't grant the waivers which the waivers have been granted so regularly and often that's going to change a lot of the movement and that would change things i think there's also something in play where if you take a guy as a university, then um, and he he you know he you run him off or whatever, then that scholarship then you you'll still be uh, you'll 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 have to pay for that scholarship. I mean, you won't be able to use that scholarship for a new for a new player. Um, so so those are some so things, are some things that are helping, right? Those things can be yeah probably a little helpful. So. Yeah. So let's talk about. Alvin, Coach Brooks, the Final Four. Um, you know, you're you're a university you spent a lot of time at, at University of Houston. Got to the Sweet 16 again. They were the number one team in the country for a while, and and people in Houston were hopeful that they would be playing at home in the Final Four, but it wasn't to be. Miami was just really good, and I talked to a few people in college basketball prior to that game who all said. I don't know, man. Miami's going to create some matchup problems. Were you surprised at the way that game went? And then Miami took the next step and went on and basically, you know, they, they overcame a 13-point deficit in the second half to beat Texas to make it to the Final Four. Is Miami that good? I I, I think I think Kim Miami is that good. Now I I was surprised at um, how they handled Houston. Um, I wasn't surprised at how well they shot the ball. I wasn't surprised how how effective they were offensively. I was a little bit surprised at how good they are on the defensive end. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're pretty good on the defensive end. Um, I thought that they would be problems for my old guys, you know, uh, from the beginning. Because I didn't, I didn't think Marcus Sasser was completely 100% healthy. Mm -hmm. And so um, – his lateral movements didn't look as fluid. Uh, I thought Jamal Shedd was probably not as healthy as he probably needed to be. And uh, those are two major keys uh, at those guard positions defending against uh, Miami. Nigel Pack um, at Miami, who was at Kansas State the previous two years. And I just knew from 
my son being at Baylor and him talking about him and scouting reports about, you know, he's six foot, but he's originally from Indianapolis. And so that was a guy that he worked with at K-State that recruited him, talked about how good this dude is and how efficient, you know, like he can score, like he's not a volume score. In other words, he doesn't, he doesn't need 20 shots to get 20 points. And right. he's really right. efficient. And um, so, you know, I, I kind of wondered how effective he would be against the Houston defense, against the Texas defense. And uh, he's done the same thing against these tournament teams like he did in the Big 12 for the first two years he played in the Big 12, which is why he got the 800000 NIL money over two years. Um, so $800,000? was the 800000 over two okay. years. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that, um, when I first heard that, like, uh, when Bruce Weber, uh, resigned K state and when Jerome Tang went there and then Pac, the kid left. And then, um, the word was he was going to get all this NIL money from Miami. I remember asking my son, is said Baylor? I was like, man, why would they pay that little dude all that money? He said, oh, Pops, he's, he's that good. He's that good. I said, really? That 400, well, you know, fast forward at the end of the year, Miami's in the final four for the first time, and he's a big reason for it. You know, they've got a good team. So did it pay off? Miami paid $2.2 million total and all their, their entire team in NIL money. So great investment on their part. You know, I'm not sure that the world's going to work for everybody, but, um, but they're good. Um, I, I actually um, would not bet against them when they play UConn and UConn has played like dominant basketball over the course of the tournament, but it's rare that you see the ACC champion mm -hmm. not make it, not make it to the final four. Hmm. I mean, it happens. But I right. mean, what a really, really good eight, and everybody say, well, the ACC is down, and ACC is ACC. You know, yeah. it's a it's a really good league. Uh, Larry Nager is a really good coach. Um, he's taken George took George Mason to the Final Four. Um, you know, he's had some time to prepare uh, against UConn, and UConn's got a lot of weapons. Um, but um, they, not I mean, UConn made a dominant run. Yeah. But, um, but this this will be their stiffest test since they played in the tournament. And you might say, well, they just played Gonzaga. Gonzaga doesn't have the athletes Miami has. Yeah. They, they, they don't have the athletes Miami has. So this will be UConn's greatest test. And um, I, I, you know, I tend to think whoever wins that game might win it. No disrespect to Florida Atlantic or San Diego State, because I think they're both really good teams, both playing really well. Um, and it's just a different tournament. You got three teams that have never been in the final four. So Alvin, is that good for the game? Is that a, is that a good I, thing? I, I think it is. I think it's, it just, you know, it, it gives the game some true, uh, balance and parity, you know, not the same old teams going all the time. Is that going to hurt attendance? I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think the games are going to be great though. I think Florida Atlantic, um, and San Diego State game, I think that's going to be a fierce, tough game. I think it's going to be a great competitive game. And so that's what that's what fans want to see. Um, is it household names? It's hard to have household names in college basketball now when, you know, uh, guys are one and done or they don't even go to college, some of them, and they move around so much. So, But, you know, the product, the teams, the exciting style of play, I think that needs to be there. And so I think that will be the case this coming Saturday, I think it's going to be great games. Uh, San Diego State's got a Houston kid, uh, Jaden Ledee, um, that um, at place of San Diego State. And um, it's good to see him uh, coming back home and and, uh, and playing well. So that's going to be good. His um, his dad, Hurt, uh, played at Texas Southern. Uh, family's from Houston. So uh, that, that'll be good for him. So um, I think it's going to be an exciting Final Four. I really do. So, Alvin, let me ask you something. Um, you know, I was telling you about the, we talked with Coach Jim Laranega yesterday, and he said basically what you did is great for this year, um, but not probably not all the time because people get used to 
They want to follow players and not just players with programs. Is this right. going to force the NCAA to adjust how they market? Because with the way things have changed, the transfer portal, NIL, the fact that there's a little more parity, they're going to have to have a more broader approach or a different approach to marketing to keep the same level of interest without, if you want to call them, you know, heavy blue buds every, every time in the final four. Right. I, I think that's a great point, Kim. I, I think that that's something that the NCAA has to look at. I think that that's something the networks and the conferences need to look at because, um, you know, now you look at the Florida Atlantic um, that makes it to the final four and that's kind of been unheard of, but, but that's, that's the, that's the era we're in now, you know? So it's, it's um, the, the NIL and Florida Atlantic, I don't think didn't use the NIL like my mammy did, but, uh, the the portal and has created such parity because the talent is spread out throughout all of college basketball. And so I think it's really important now for college coaches, um, if you want to really have a good team and a good program, then you can't just be a good recruiter. You have to be also a really, really good evaluator of talent. Mm. And you have to be a good evaluator putting together a team. That's a whole different thing from recruiting. Um, and so now you have to have someone on staff that's also, and I'm an old school guy, but I have adapted to the era of analytics. You have to have somebody on staff that has a, can adapt to the analytics because you can figure out a lot of things about some young guys and, and kids or teams as to how effective they are. And so, you know, for example, we looking in this portal, Kim, and it's like we're looking at it when it first started. And like every five minutes is like eight or 10 kids names are popping up. And so you're talking to one kid and then you talk to him, a few other schools talk to him. And so he has an interest. And then if his name is really hot, well, two days later, he don't answer your call, you know. <laughs> and, then, and, and so then so you move you move it on to the next kid. But what you have to figure out is how good is this player? Uh, you have to look at his stats, uh, not just points and rebounds. That's just too simple. You know, you look at it's a lot of different analytics that that are, uh, that you can uh, look at, evaluate the kid, and you can figure it out real quick. As one coach said, man, this is uh, this portal. This portal combat is like speed dating. You know, you just got to get it. I said, well, I, I don't really know what speed dating is like, but but I, I can only imagine it's not something I would want to do, but I got to, you got to figure it out quick, basically. So the analytics. So Albert, let me so, ask you this. So mm -hmm. beyond all of that, you do all that work on your end, you and your staff right. and your team, and you get a guy in and, and he, some just don't go right. You put all this work in and then next thing you know, he, he in the portal. I mean, how do you, how do you navigate that? Or that's just a part of it. Do you have to try to like convince them to stay? Or what do you do in those situations? Oh, 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 you mean like if you have a kid and you develop him and he goes in the portal? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I just, I just experienced that. So I can, <laughs> I can <really> fix that. <laughs> oh man. So, um, I, you know, like last year this time we brought in several freshmen, and they were really good, good freshmen, and they turned out to be they had good years, and so I kept thinking that there was a possibility with the way the game was going that you can probably lose these guys, you know? Mm. Well, you know, obviously we lost we, we, we lost a couple, but they ain't no big deal. I mean, you know, everybody's losing guys. You know, like he mentioned, I think there was only nine schools in, of 363 teams. Wow. 363 teams, only nine that did only not nine. have someone. Only nine. So um, I, I think you have to navigate it. Like, like junior college coaches for years, you know, they just prepare to build, put together a different team every year. Now, that's a different mindset. Uh, mm -hmm. I've not ever been of that mindset. I mean, I've been about, excuse me, about building programs. And so you have to have your core stay intact so you can have some continuity. Um, so I think now, um, you know, we're, we're kind of still adjusting, as I mentioned. But um, you just have to kind of look for the signs. And I think I saw some signs earlier in the year where guys may be leaving, you know, mm. um, and with the, with social media, you know, guys are 
uh, so many people can contact your players mm-hmm. or their parents without ever making a phone call. And yeah. you would never know. And so um, I think, you know, you just have to do your due diligence. And so, and you have to be prepared um, at the drop of a hat to replace whatever position you may need. And I think you go into the year, putting together a team, and you try to find guys that you think are going to be loyal, that could be committed, and that kind of thing. And it's not that, like, I lost a couple of guys. It's not that they're not, I should say, probably loyal. You know, they'd like to be loyal to themselves and families first. And I think that in many cases, they feel like they're looking for their best option for themselves. And so I, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. I think now I'm just at a point where um, we have to figure out, okay, how do we best manage this, you know, without it being disruptive to our team during the course of the season? Because some of this stuff is going on during the course of the season. So, Alvin, can coaches – can they can they contact players like on their social media? Is that considered an, an illegal contact? Or are they getting around it by going to family members? Uh, you know, that's 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 illegal, but um it's <laughs> how are you gonna manage it, right? You know? How are you gonna manage it? Yeah, it's it's happening, and then you know, and then the coach doesn't even have to do it, really. I mean, you could have right. um anybody, anyone do it, you know, and um it's just that's just kind of part of it now, you know. So um I've adjusted to that and so but I still think that um it makes it challenging and exciting. Uh but the flip side of the portal is if you lose a few guys, the flip side is the portal gives you a great opportunity to show mm-hmm. up your weaknesses and put together a good team for that year quicker than you ever could before Hmm. now in the past you were not able to do that you might have to wait and go get a high school guy junior college guy develop him a year or two and then you're going to be better two three years down the road you don't have to do that anymore you if but you have you can but you have to do your due diligence because i've talked to a few college coaches that man they would they were disappointed going to the portal and they Hmm. thought man i it didn't really work out you know, I didn't, you know, it didn't fit, you know, it wasn't a good fit. So um, I think, I think it's a, it's tedious work and I think it's a lot of work, but I, I mean, I enjoy it. And you know, I think you just got to really get to know who you are recruiting, see if they fit, see if the family and everyone around them fits, um, mm. see if you can help make them better, if they can help make you better. Um, and you got to focus on just this year. Yeah, that's what's different, you know. I mean, I you got to do it like in maybe in a year, two year increments, as opposed to four years at a time, like you used to, four or five years. I think those days are over for us, for college coaches. I think those days are over to say, well, okay, this is going to be our team. You know, we're going to recruiting staff meeting, and you put on the board, for example, like this is 2020. This season year started 2022. So you put up the board, the 22, 23 year, 23, 24, 24, 25, 25. And so you kind of kind of stagger your classes, right? Right. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't do that anymore. So you can do you can do 22, 23, 23, 24, and and hope that you have enough. Somebody. Somebody's coming back. So are you guys, as a coaching fraternity, are you doing anything to, like, prepare, you know, the coaches for how to navigate this? Are there things that you guys have learned? I know you have a – I know the the, the college basketball coaching convention is always in conjunction with the Final Four. But is there – have there been trainings or or things to help you guys be better prepared to navigate this? Or y'all just figuring it out on the fly? Now we just figuring this out on the fly. Just it just it just started, and so um, yeah, we just kind of getting through it. Yeah, and um, you know I I I you know I've been doing it a while, so I just have to kind of change. I've had to change my mindset um, of, from you know trying to think I can hold on to a guy for four or five years and not understanding why they would want to leave when you're starting every game, when you plan, you're getting all the shots. 
you're getting all opportunities. I mean, why? Well, I'm, but I but I not understand why now. So I, I don't question it. I just kind of roll with it. And so um, is it because they know, have opportunities have to, to go to make NIL money? My, is that why? Make NIL money. That's exactly why. You know, yeah. that's exactly why. So, um, you know, it's um, it's not um, I, I don't really like that part of it because, you know, now it doesn't become a deal of how how well you. Or it doesn't become a deal of how, how well you evaluate um, how hard you work is now in some cases is man how connected are you how hard you work to get some someone that can put together nil packages and then you know can you offer more than the next guy you know so i i've kind of decided that what we're going to do is um we're looking at different people offering different packages for guys right mm -hmm. so so i kind of know whether we can be in the market for that kid or not and so right um i'm come looking at certain kids and and other people inside figuring out what they're looking for if they're looking for the best nil package well i'm i'm out of that game i mean i'm out of that market for that's that's for sure so um you know I, i'm looking for some guys that uh looking for opportunities to play looking opportunities to get better and you know we do have a, in our NIL package that we're putting together. So let me ask you about your NIL package. What do y'all spend on your NIL program? You said Miami spent two and a half. Well, what did you spend on Lamar? We're, we're nowhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of figured, we're, you know. But, well, but but we're just we're just kind of getting started. Um, so our administration, we're just kind of putting it together. This is going to be our first one, and so I don't mm -hmm. know an exact number yet. We're just trying to get there to where where I would like to get go across the board. And give every guy enough uh, opportunities to make, you know, a decent amount of money. You know, what what is a decent amount of money? It depends on who you talk to. Uh, like I know some programs would try to get enough money to where guys would um, can forego uh, playing in the uh, G League. You know, mm -hmm. enough money to where they make more than a G League player. I mean, that that would be too much for us. You know, that's you know, are we talking? I guess about 50 grand or something like that or, but a per player. I mean, we're, we're not doing that, but I, I think we just need to have some opportunities where guys can, can, can make a decent amount of money on their name, image, and likeness. But, and, and, you know, the thing about it is the coaches really can't do it. I mean, that's illegal for us right. to do it, you know? Right. So, so that's kind of up to the kid. And so your alums or administration has to put something together. And so that's why I kind of don't even worry about it a lot because I can't say, well, hey, I'm going to get you this because I can't, you know, right. I can't realistically. Um, so, um, you know, we've, we're, we're, we're doing fine right now. We just, we just, we, we've identified some kids that really want to still play an opportunity mm -hmm. to get a degree because that still is a thing now. Getting a college degree, <laughs> I think is important. And, uh, and I think we can provide opportunities where if you play well enough, uh, that is money in itself, you know. Right. And um, if, and if you can win, which we have an opportunity to win in the Southland Conference and get to the tournament, that's tremendous exposure. And that, those are the things that we can control and those things that we can focus on. And so that's kind of what we're going to do right now. So, Alvin, when the NIL started, I'm talking to um, head coach Alvin Brooks from Lamar University in Beaumont, the Southland Conference. He's on the road recruiting and taking some time uh, to visit with us on Chalk Talk. When the NIL was first approved if you will thrust onto the scene was it designed that the that administrations would do the work i initially it seemed like players would have to go figure it out has that kind of morphed into a different approach uh, it, it actually has it was one of those deals where the players would kind of do some of the work uh, or you know there might be a company uh, that's associated with the uh, or supports the university or it's in the community. And then, you know, they might say, Hey, I want to, I want to give a NIL package to Kim Davis, the tennis player, you know, because she's a great player represents our community, blah, blah, blah. And so then, you know, they would do, do this uh, portal basically that you guys would 
connect on there and then you can't actually have as a player you can't wear any of the university's gear at all um you know that just has to be for that company and then that just has to be your name and your image and your likeness not the universities um so that's kind of how it started and then um it just became uh one of these deals where now um man people putting together packages and deals for players and um man and they and they're going to play and some cases not ever having played a minute or down you know um and then there's some i think saw some young ladies um had this great nil package they were just really popular i think maybe that was part of his social media presence you know that, that kind of thing so it's it's just it's changed things you know you know but i again i think that that's great that they have an opportunity to make money off their name image and likeness um i, I think it's fantastic um i just you know the collective deals to where it's not really in essence name image and likeness it's just putting together a deal um to secure talent you know it's that's that's kind of what I, I i hope that we don't see too much of well there are some who say that this nil program is just a legalized way to cheat right like it's people have been doing it now it's kind of legal i mean you know it's it's it depends on where you are and um but I, I I agree. I do think it's good that these uh, these players can you know make some money off of their name, image, and likeness because everybody else is. I think the challenge is probably just how do you right. make it equitable on a team when you have different levels of ability. That has right. to be a challenge, right? It it's a challenge, and and you know when you um I've talked to a number of coaches when you're talking about um trying to coach a team and trying to have everyone uh sacrifice their individual abilities uh a game for the betterment of the team and then you know someone sees this other guy getting all of this money and they want the money and but you know it just becomes it's a distraction that you now have to learn how to how to manage and navigate as a coach is different because, okay, what if you have a star player and you know, everybody has a star player. Everybody has a league score. Okay. Uh, everybody has a leading rusher. So what if that leading rusher or that quarterback, the star player gets all the money. And in some case I can recall some football coach had an issue with on the team because the star quarterback got all his money. The lineman got nothing, mm. little or nothing, and that was that was that became an issue, and so that's that's just new things that this thing is is going to bring about um, from a coaching standpoint that you know you're going to have to learn how to navigate. But you know it's 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 here to stay though, Kim. It it ain't going anywhere. So um, you know I'm not I'm not going to cry about it. Uh, I'm not going to whine about it. I think this you know again I think you know student athletes being able to make money off the name of his life is great. I think we just got to figure out how to, how to manage it. And, um, hopefully I think they will put something together to where student athletes just can't leave constantly. If things are not, 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 not necessarily always right, but if just something else is better, you know, at right. some point, you know, right. I, you know, I got, I got to, I got to play my time out at this place, you know, and so um, I think that's that'll give us some stability in in all of the sports, you know, and I think that I think that'll be good. Do you think, think even if they good. if they do something where they say you've got to be there at least two years? I mean, you know, like something to ease into it, because, you know, there's always going to be the argument about, well, you know, coaches can leave when they want. But it's like you want a player to come and commit to some amount of time. Right. Right. Because I just. It's, it becomes, like you said, it's, it's a revolving door. I mean, I know that's why they pay you coaches the big money to figure it out, but it does seem like it's not great overall for the game because people aren't able to really follow programs anymore as much as they used to, which is one of the, the benefits or the bonuses of college athletics is because people could follow programs and players and build those relationships. Yeah, I, I think, um, and I think it's, 
I think in terms of it, we should be also thinking in terms of what's best for the student athlete, you know? Um, right. Like, like for example, um, I had one of my guys um, was talking to me about possibly leaving and, um, and was talking about, you know, some possible NIL monies that he could get elsewhere. And to be totally honest, um, I was like, hey, you know what? Um, you're getting X number of shots. You're getting X number of minutes and both were quite a bit. And um, you could go somewhere else and they have a better NIL package than we can offer. But at the end of your three years, um, if you go there and you take the money, that little piece of change now, and I say little piece of change because if even if it's say, if it's, it's twenty five, it was twenty five thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't play a lot, and you don't develop. At the end of the three years, you're done. So you've made yeah. maybe seventy five grand if they hold true to it for the next two years. Whereas if you play somewhere and develop and hone your skills and brand and market yourself by being on the court and being productive, now you have a chance to make a l- 10 times as much. Right. So so you have to think long-term and you have to be smart about it and not just like think about just today, you know? So some in some cases, I think um, we have to be able to give these guys some 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 uh, some better some good advice um and not to mention this just started so i'm curious right. to see you have to take pay taxes on this money um the right. student athlete does right so, <laughs> so when they when they when they have to and nobody has to do that because that money's for them right so they're going to have to do that so you know somebody need to advise them on to how to you pay taxes on this money or you know take the taxes out up front something so that mm-hmm. you know that's i just you cringe at the thought that there are going to be some horror stories about you know that going around yeah down the road but you know there you is know, right because you see it for guys that are that are grown-ups in the league that have issues because they didn't take it, care of that little thing called taxes exactly they're gonna get theirs <laughs> that thing that, that thing called Texas man creates a lot of problems and so um you know that's just you know it just seems like it's cr- it's crazy that we have to think a student athlete now has to think we're about taxes you know in some cases you know that's that's just byproduct of if you're gonna be paid for your name and your likeness that's part of it you know but but that's just so so many things to navigate and all of this has just begun like we talked about so um yeah. You and I can have this conversation next year, and I don't know what kind. Well, I don't know what I would tell you. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm going to have some opinions and thoughts about it because now we would have another year to go through it. So, um, and it's going to be different. Just like, you know, we had um, Miami spent 2.2 million on their team total nil money. Yeah. Uh, led to the Final Four. There's probably going to be some that might spend as much or more not going to make it. Uh, there might be some like a Florida Atlantic um, that might, you know, get to the tournament just because they've been able to keep some guys together. And it'll be interesting to see to me now, Florida Atlantic, not a rich program. It's in right. a really nice area, Boca Raton, Florida. Um, I wonder the success they're having now, if that will bring about some NIL opportunities for them, because if not, they probably they gonna gonna have hard time. They're gonna lose some players. <laughs> some players. Yeah. Right, right. So it's a different, it's a different game. Um, so man, it's just the NCAA, um, they they've got a it's it's a it's a lot of new challenges they've got to deal with. And so um I mean it's um you, you just gotta keep trying to figure out what's best, you know, and can't you can't keep saying well that's the way we've always done it so that's no. the way we're gonna keep now they better get them some progressive thinkers and not just have the good old boys in the room because you're gonna have to think about how to navigate it you know how to get your your teams and your staffs ready to deal with it how do you prepare these young uh student athletes and then as right. a as a conference or as a body how do you market differently to account for 
all these changes. Right. So, Alvin, you have to come back before next year, right? Don't wait a whole year to come back to Choctaw. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll see you at the Final Four this weekend. Okay, let me ask you this before we leave. Who do you have winning in the Final Four? Actually, I have Miami. I got Miami as well. Yeah, I got Miami. I saw all the stuff. Everybody's picking UConn. I mean, I just think that Miami team is really good. They're super athletic. Uh, coach does a great job of making adjustments, right? I think that's important. Mm -hmm. And that backcourt, that backcourt is is the deal. They're really good. They're really good. And um, um, I just, I think that um, UConn has been so dominant. It just looks like they just an easy favorite to pick to win it all. And then mm -hmm. I've looked at some of the some of the games they played. They beat Gonzaga. They beat St. Mary's, and they beat some teams um that i don't think of the caliber of miami and um i just think that this is going to be their, their greatest test um on saturday and then the san diego state florida Atlantic game is going to be a great game i mean that's going to be a really good game it's going to be a it's going who san diego state wants to play slow so if they can control the pace they'll probably have a chance to win if florida atlantic can force a faster pace they have a good chance so um, I think it's going to be a great weekend, though. All right. Thanks well, for having Alvin me. Alvin Brooks, I appreciate you. Good luck. I hope you get you some players on the road, and we will talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Kim. All right. Thank you, my friend. Bye. That is head coach Alvin Brooks from Lamar University in Beaumont. Uh, spent a lot of time at Houston. Just knows more about basketball than most people. And so I appreciate him spending some time while he's out trying to get some players before he heads back this way to, for the final four this weekend. That's going to do it for us today. We are out of time. Thank you as always for being a part of Chalk Talk. I have placed the link in the chat for <clears throat> the wellness walk, which is April the 15th at Texas Southern University, the African-American wellness walk. It's coming up. You do not want to miss it. Um, register for you and your family. It's free. I say register. You don't really have to register in advance, but go to the website and get the information. If you want to have a team, you can register your passion team there. So you can find that link in the chat and also the link to subscribe so that you get notifications about the show. Click the link. It's also at the top of the chat so that you can subscribe and get notifications about the weekly chalk talks and also we're starting to do more shorts. So a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of things exciting. I did not talk to you about this today. I'm going to do it because I'm going to have someone from the Texans on probably next week. The Texans have launched a fan council and it is open for people to apply to be a part of that council through April the 19th. So they're trying to get input. I mean, they're looking at ways to, to do some things differently. And um, they have invited me to be one of the media members on that council. So it should be interesting. There won't be a lot that we can share because a lot of it is going to be confidential. There'll be some things, but it'll be interesting to be able to, to have some input on some of the inner workings. I'll keep you posted on all of that. Remember, do something kind for yourself and do something kind for somebody else. If you have not registered to vote, I'm always going to encourage you to get registered and stay registered. So when an election comes up, you don't have to worry about the deadlines. We have to be um, active in our communities, no matter where you live and no matter how you vote. I don't tell you who to vote for. I encourage you to vote your values, vote your values, what matters to you, your family and your community. But if you are not registered, you're not going to be able to do it. So I encourage you to register to vote and we will see you soon. Hey, Brian Jackson, it's good to see you. And thanks to all of you who jumped on. Uh, my sisters, Joe, Paul Wright. I saw um, our legal expert, Charles Lamar Drayden. Thank you guys all for being a part of the show. Follow our social platforms. Make sure you share this show, however you're seeing it with your community so we can continue to grow the tribe all over the world. We want folks talking about Chalk Talk. All right. I will see you next week right here. We'll have it. We have, we have, uh, we'll have a champion of the NCAA of the final four. There'll be an NCAA champion the next time we get together on this platform, but I'm going to have some updates from now throughout. I'll be giving you updates before the games, during the games, after the games, all throughout the weekend. And I'll don't forget Astros opening day. 
is Friday. No, it's Thursday. They play the Chicago White Sox. Make it a great week, everybody. Peace. Peace.